0: Which I don't see happening. um, You'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over forty percent off. Again, that's TryMiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a Headgum podcast.
1: Fake the Nation, episode 338.
0: Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we ring in the new year with a bunch of talking, as is the podcaster's way. I'm your podcasterly host, Nagin Farsad, and this year, I'm excited to bring you more opinions, more riffs, and more verbal shenanigans, um, but don't get too excited, because I started out the year, uh, New Year's Eve, with a nap that preceded a 9.30 p.m. bedtime, Ooh, so love that's it. how I rung, rang in the new year Uh with just sleeping. Today, we're going to talk about the new AI that has everyone's panties in a ruffle. We'll also ask if the men of pop music have dismantled masculinity. And we're going to dip into the cultural grab bag where we ask if single men are smellier than merry men, according to science. I am so excited for today's panel. Folks, you have no idea. Um, This is I mean, because they say to start your new year with the right podcast panel. That's one of those things. I feel like Gandhi said it first, and it's just (laughs) I quote it every year. And thanks to to the wonderful machinations of one Andrew McGuire, our fantastic producer, we are doing exactly the panel that was meant to happen on this very day. Um, She has a new film called Anna Tevga that's going to be premiering on January 18th at the New York Jewish Film Festival, where you will find me in attendance because I'm so excited to see this. Um, And she's just a, a phenomenal artist, a phenomenal writer, a phenomenal just chatter, a phenomenal lunch haver with me over the many years. Um, She is the wonderful Danielle Dirschlag. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Nikki. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you here. And then um, also joining us for the first time. So excited to have her. You've seen her on just like a gajillion things. Um, Danielle, actually, before we started recording, listed her incredible resume. Um, But she wants you to know that the season three of We're Here on HBO is now just available. Just sit down for a full binge, the way Danielle has many times, many times seen it many, many times. Um, and also on multiple appearances on Drag Race, and um, and now there's uh, there's maybe a, a residency in Vegas that we need to discuss. Anyways, point is, there's many opportunities to see and experience and be joyful with the wonderful Eureka O'Hara. Hey, Eureka.
1: Yes. Hey, girls. How's it going?
0: We're so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that you're both here. And I'm just... uh, Can I just say, though, one for you, Eureka, you don't know me. I spent two weeks eating every type of um, carb that was set in front of my face. Just like slathering myself in the kind of like laziness and um, do nothing mm. um, that's just not comfortable for me as the children of immigrants. <laughs> mm. And I topped that off with a red eye, uh, Monday night. And we're now recording here on Wednesday. I have, st- so I, we arrived Tuesday morning, um, having slept like 35 minutes on a flight. Uh, and I'm still not recovered. Sure. You know, it was like two weeks of just the shame glaze, and then <laughs> followed by a flat. And I am just a shell of a human being mm. right now. So, um, apologies to listeners
2: and to the two of you. Uh, For if- a shell of a human being, you look fantastic. I'm I'm very surprised, Eureka. It- <laughs>
1: yeah, you're doing great, girl. Yeah, come Thanks on, so you're much.
0: Fine. I can I just say though that I sp- in those two weeks, so I didn't. I'm a Middle Eastern woman, and f- hair on my body and face is something that I have to deal with um, at all times. Danielle, you know this about me. We've run into each other en route to electrolysis. I
2: mean, as an Ashkenazi woman, yes. if I wasn't familiar that, with that, what am I doing? No, what are you even right. do? Right, Why would you
0: even be my friend? Yeah. So I didn't pluck my eyebrows for two weeks, and I because there's also no magnifying mirror in my parents' extra bedroom. Don't worry about it. Point is... <laughs> I let it, my, I, I arrived to New York. I looked at myself in a real mirror and my eyebrows start at my hairline and go through to my nostrils. And I had to spend like an hour yesterday fixing that problem.
2: You know, I'd like Eureka's support on this because she can see you as well. Nothing Nagin is saying is true. But I,
0: <laughs> no, because Eureka. It's you know, all I, I, because It's I, all
2: I, false. Um,
0: folks, you know who else needs to pluck their eyebrows is the subject of topic number... 0.75. Okay, we're going to do... a. We didn't plan for this topic because I didn't think it was going to happen. But Kevin McCarthy, as we all know, we did not win the House, but the margin by which the Republicans won the House is extraordinarily slim. So everyone needs to sort of be on board to choose a speaker. And the day they were supposed to choose a speaker is yesterday and uh, Tuesday. And um, in 100 years... The process has been seamless, sort of like they put up a name, everybody knows who the name is, everybody's like ready to vote and do it. And they didn't, they didn't do it. Kevin McCarthy lost three votes worth. They voted three times, each time Kevin McCarthy's name was put up for a vote, and each time he lost. He's made hilarious levels of concessions to be able to get the vote. Now the problem, as uh, you both might know, are these like nineteen. We'll just call them difficult people, because <laughs> it's the New Year's and we want to be nice and we want to start things off at a. But they're difficult people. Is that a rule of the podcast? I prefer no. traitors.
1: <laughs> Traitor.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nineteen insurrectionists. Okay. Thank you. Um. Who like it's so it's so weird that they're not playing by the rules. But anyway, um, they're. Uh, they are not voting for the guy that they demanded concessions from. And he gave them their concessions, one of which is if five of you decide that there should be a new speaker vote, you could put me up for a vote. Um, which is basically like if you don't like me, then you can fire me at any time is a, is a concession he made to them. Like he's just fully neutered already and they still aren't voting for him. Uh, Danielle, your thoughts on uh, Kevin McCarthy.
2: Well, if he had more of a conscience, I might have more empathy. My concern is, you know, this is someone who has bended himself into a pretzel of impossible proportions so many times to please the ultra right wing flank of his party. And what he's learning is something I think all of us in this room already knew, which is that they're never going to compromise on anything. Yeah. It's all of it or none of it. You know, I've been reading and listening a lot over the last couple of days about this conundrum they're having on the right. And, you know, if your goal is to govern, this is a terrible outcome. And obviously, as a Democrat and a lefty, my goal is governance, right? Governing in a way that benefits people. But that's not the goal of these folks. Their goal is to obstruct, to create dramatic news stories that star themselves, um, and also to halt government in its tracks from that horrible, destructive vantage point, they're succeeding. So I think Kevin McCarthy really made an epic, perhaps fatal mistake when he started bending toward their views and toward their way of operating in the house, because this is the organic result of that. If you buddy up with people who say, we don't play unless we get everything, and everything is destruction of this system, guess what happens? The system gets destroyed. So um, I have no idea how this is going to end. I wish it was more surprising, but it feels like a pretty frank, honest portrait of where the Republicans are right now in this cycle. I mean, Eureka, do you think they're just
0: going to like figure this out and then just be like a really like delightful party
2: after?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. Um, You know, obviously, like there's I mean, it's what you're saying, Danielle, is actually really important in the thinking process of all this is like when you start bending towards the way people want you to be it does come across as inauthentic and i think that that is where he struggled because i think that if he would have just fought with his viewpoints and what he was really fighting for in the beginning then he probably would have landed more votes i personally believe um i think that right, no so one, you're so- saying like
0: tur- you're saying turning himself into a pretzel to, to please these people has worked against him yeah, I think
1: so. I mean, I think people at, you know, either, whether they're right wing or left wing, they don't want someone that's just going to fault, you know, yep. especially in that type of position. So there's a lack of trust there. I mean, it kind of makes me weary of him as well.
0: Right, because it's like, if you're gonna just like bend for anything... Then that's gross. Like, it's just
2: like there's, it's like sad and weird. That's true in general. Philosophically, I totally agree. But mm-hmm. also, let's get specific for a second on what this gentleman's been willing to bend on. And I'm using the term gentleman loosely. Mm-hmm. So, okay. we're talking about a politician here who, quite rightly and reasonably, directly after January 6th, said this was unacceptable. This is un-American, and President Trump bears responsibility. And does anyone remember where he physically was at about a few weeks after that? In Mar-a-Lago, kissing ass. So this is someone who's willing to compromise on things like democracy.
0: Yeah, yeah, fundamental. Reality.
2: You know, we're talking about a violent insurgence that he accurately saw as such and verbalized as such that he was willing to totally then turn his back on to really just appease this group of wingnuts. I mean... It's not small stuff that he's willing to let go. It's really big ticket items. And I think all of us should be weary. As a result,
0: uh, yeah, I, th- I think be weary when when a dude doesn't have any principles, and then also be weary when when a when a person doesn't have an ability to compromise when they're building policy. So yes. those are like two opposite things, right there. <laughs> but like, be flexible when it comes to working with people and developing policy and voting and and figuring out compromise. Like that's when you have to use those skills. And then on fundamentals, like. Democracy slash insurrections. Um, those things, I feel like, no, have a principled stance. Otherwise, you're, you're, not, you're not like you're nothing, you
2: know? Well, you know, in the same way that I think these 20 nutballs, their real goal is destruction, I think for McCarthy, his only real goal is power. And we're, we're seeing the kind of natural result of that. Yeah, yeah. If it's power above everything, you will look ridiculous in the process. I don't know why
0: he wants the job now. <laughs> right. Like, he, you know, we all remember Boehner's tears and shit, like... All of these dudes ended up quitting because it sucked, because it was sucked so hard to try and um, to wrangle those cats. OK. And then the last thing I'll say, and I don't have enough to say about it. I just want to point out that there's a dude named um, George Santos, I think is his name. Yes, it is. Um, who is a congressman, it turns out, from who won in a kind of surprise upset in a, in a district in New York State in Long Island. And he turns out lied just about so many things. He created, the most hilarious levels of lie as well. Like, no one asks you to lie about a dog and cat rescue that you (laughs) founded. Why would you lie? It's so weird. It's like if I was just like, guys, I also, um, I have a llama farm on the side. No one's asking me to lie about that. It's so weird. So it turns out he lied about so much during his race and, um, anyways, but he's not quitting. Again, we're recording Wednesday afternoon. It's unclear. Maybe he'll quit today because apparently no one would talk to him. He's a total social pariah um, also no one's there to swear no one can swear him in
2: because we don't have a speaker of the house so we'll see how all of this turns out but um, I will say I'm, I'm really excited you know one of the things he lied about was that he claimed Jewishness yes which it turns out he's not a Jew as a Jew I'm thrilled <laughs>
1: congratulations
2: thank you so much Sharika yes <laughs> you get a free one in the in the tribe oh, Danielle out of the tribe Nagin out, out of, of the I- tribe <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um. Alright, here we go. Let us move on to actual what we knew we were gonna talk about, topic number one! <laughs> So just before the new year, everyone was aflutter over the possibilities and I guess negativities of the new artificial intelligence text generator ChatGPT. It was created by San Francisco-based firm OpenAI, and it's basically pretty decent at writing prose. Um, now I tested it before today's show, but before we get into our in, into any specific experience with it, um, I I just want to ask the two of you, um, Eureka is is. AI in general, artificial intelligence, something that keeps you up at night?
1: No, not really. You know, I have bigger issues going on with the queer community in this country that I'm fighting. So AI is like on the end of the list, you know, but. Fair, (laughs) so fair. I mean, you know, I definitely think it's interesting, um, you know, they, not only this text, but, you know, they had the um, portrait, like artwork AI that was going around social media. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: What were your thoughts on that?
1: It's just, um, you know, they pull from all these sources across the internet access, like, you know, millions, millions of files, photos, and all these things to like create this art. So it's not like, the thing about AI to me is it's not like they're generating their own conscious like version of something. It's taken from like statistic or algorithm or, you know, uh, sources that are already out there, which I find interesting. Right.
2: So it's really just
1: reconstructed information.
0: Right, in these two specific cases, chat GPT and that other art one, I can't remember what it's called, um, they are 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 basically like uh, as it, it, like walking talking Wikipedia or whatever, right it's not it's it, they're getting the information from the input of cajillions of users over time. Um, and that's mm-hmm. literally how how it works. I mean, Danielle, are you since the dawn of Terminator? Have you been concerned about um,
2: AI coming to get us? I'm actually like genuinely ashamed to confess I've never seen Terminator. Oh, which is real, but makes me feel like a bad American. But regardless, but also I
0: referenced it in a way that indicated like that I've totally seen it, (laughs) and I.
2: I can't say that I've actually seen you it. You know, Nikki, that's really to me because I was surprised. I was, I'm, I'm going to be honest, <laughs> yes, I was knowing, surprised. Knowing
0: me, I, don't, I um, don't
2: think that I've seen it. I maybe misused that um, reference, but please, you know, uh, I, still, the question stands. You know, I, I honor Eureka's response because all, I think a lot of us have things on our plate and battles to fight that are bigger than this. But I will say it does worry me um, for a few reasons. You know, one is job replacement. Mm -hmm. I just wonder in a future about whether there will be jobs for folks who haven't had the privilege of massive um, education, you know, who who, the kinds of jobs that are easily kind of created by this sort of AI structure that really concerns me. What happens to the millions of people on this globe who depend on those kinds of jobs that could and will be replaced by this? Um, The other thing is it just selfishly makes me feel ancient. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm 42, nearly. You're people. so old. I'm so old, nearly 42. And I have to tell you, you know Eureka and I were asked to, to try this out yesterday in pre- preparation yeah. for the podcast. And as I was doing it, I don't know what Eureka – Eureka, you're a lovely young person, unlike me. So maybe you had a different experience. But when I was doing it, I kept thinking – How will I verbalize tomorrow how little this appeals to me? You know, (laughs) what sentence structure will I employ? Because um, on a visceral level, it simply doesn't speak to me. And then on a societal level, I find it pretty concerning.
0: Right. Well, I also wonder if the three of us were in school. Mm. Because I, look, there were, I was... (laughs) I was an excellent student. <laughs> all right, as we all fucking know. All right, I've talked about my academic achievements on this podcast before, um, and I still mention them to my parents because they don't give me enough attention. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, there were times I remember of being like, "Fuck, I have to write a twenty-page term paper, like it's forever." And and would I have you? Like, I don't. I wouldn't have used this to write a term this is I can imagine myself having a low moment okay in college I can imagine myself having a low moment in college because I wrote so many fucking papers and in grad school like all I did was write papers 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 where I just like didn't know how to start or like it would have been great to just have like an extra idea um on my you know Coming over the transom that could help me with the endless pages. I could picture myself inputting the question, why I did, you know, "what tell me about agrarian culture in 13th century France and then seeing what ChatGPT had to say about it to help me write my own paper. D- and that- I and i and I'm saying that, like looking like on a dark moment, I could picture myself doing that. Not that I would just copy and paste, but that I would use it to help generate ideas, I guess. Does that feel really distinct to you from Google?
1: I think I was a horrible college student because I would have fully put in that question and I would have rewrote what they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> in my own words
0: I mean right. I think it, I can i i I, I mean, I guarantee that's happening literally as we speak.
2: But is that that different from how we used Google in college? I feel like I Googled things. I read the paragraph. It's different because – I
1: mean maybe because, because there's more resources, maybe more direct information. But I mean I feel like it's the same thing except I mean obviously Google you have to search through all the websites yourself. This right. would be giving you all the key points from all of those sources.
0: Right. Without having to do your own searching. Yeah. But you, you know, it's, it's, it's like Google still had an, has an element of library to it. Yeah. Right. Where you're like, I mean, even though literally guys just go to the library, it's so good for you. But like, like Google has an element of like searching through and being like, does this, is this relevant? No, this is an article in Vogue. It's not relevant, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because it comes up with bad search results. It's not all perfect. Chat GPT. Okay, we could talk about what we fucking put in. I said, my question was, what can I do to better accept change? Existential, I, I know. Honestly, I wish I had done 13th century uh, French agrarian economy because that would have it's been true. more interesting. To but but uh, but uh, but the answer it gave was incredibly boring right it's just shit we've seen all over the place this is like um like the hallmark channel does it better okay but accepting change can be difficult but there are some things you can do to make it easier okay so that's the way it started and then it gave me um six items that i can do seven items that i can do to make it easier Uh, and one of them is remember that change is a natural part of life it's something that happens to everyone and is often out of our control again like it's like it's like the most generic. It's like therapy AI uh, is is the answer. Listen, that there's I a got. reason
2: why. Do you remember the film She? Eureka? Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Yeah. There's a reason why you've got to cast Scarlett Johansson for that. Because the only thing that makes that response feel alive yeah. and breathing is a phenomenal actress <laughs> who can yeah. bring it to life. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds so basic. And by the way, what I input in honor of you, Eureka, because you know I'm such a fan of your work, I asked it to come up with drag names for specific kinds oh of. Oh my drag God, queens. that's amazing. So I would say, for example, like you know, give me a fabulous name for a short, petite, angry, red-haired drag queen. I tried to be as specific as possible. Okay. They stunk. I mean, the, the, the names so it, it gave said them.
1: Ginger mange. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Funny
2: shots fired. My life is made. That's an amazing joke. Oh yeah. So so you know, it, it gave me names that were like. I mean, maybe they weren't horrible. I'd say they were like a strong C plus. You know, and I sat there thinking, like this would be so much more fun if I was actually doing it, especially with Eureka herself. That would be the most fun. But just any human would be much more of an enjoyable kind of generative process. I I didn't love the results, and I didn't enjoy it. That's the thing. I think the result, it, and 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 Eureka, when you're saying I would rewrite
0: the essay that Jack, Chat GPT offered, you would have to because it's so it's elevator music, right? right. It's like so boring.
2: Um did what you what were
1: some of the names?
2: Oh, I don't remember. It was like Crimson Lady. Oh
1: no. <laughs> oh, like...
2: Which also isn't that what they call like the Harvard whatever? Oh, that's I think it's more what they call menstruation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think crim- the, the Crimson is Harvard. It's but right, the Crimson right, right, Lady right. is maybe your period, right. I'm not right. sure.
0: Or like or like yeah, they, they it was like a, a the rejected nickname for the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> um the gray the gray lady. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you the second thing it wrote to my answer of how to accept change is try to see the positive side of change. While it can be difficult to adapt to something new, change can also bring new opportunities and experiences. So, Nagin, you're
2: telling me this this problem's been solved for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There (laughs) is, like, nothing fucking here. Eureka, what did you put in? I'm really curious.
1: I didn't do it, but I did watch Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) So...
2: You're ahead of the game. We're leveling guys. out
1: here. That's right.
0: I'm actually surprised they gave you an answer, Danielle, because you asked for something like particular, like creative. I asked for something, I guess, is like factual. Another, another question I asked was, does Bjork eat steak?
1: Oh wow!
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Because I was like, where? Let's see what it. And and I asked a few questions that are like this. It kind of like difficult questions (laughs) difficult questions of our time and the and chad gpt wrote i'm sorry but i don't have information about bjork's personal eating habits i'm just a language model trained to provide general information and assist with a wide range of topics is there anything else i can help you with and then so i asked a bunch of questions where i got that answer Hmm. so you know and i think also it's it's trained not to answer questions about like like white supremacy if it's if you're like trying to get it to be a white supremacist or whatever it like won't do it i
2: might have asked it somewhat directly to give me an insulting nickname for senator lindsey graham and it refused to do that as well
0: see yeah so they pro they programmed into it which leads me which makes me a little angrier about like facebook because i'm like <laughs> right. do you guys have the technology to not promote like fucking anti-semitism and bigotry and racism like why don't you fucking do it these fucking chat gpt people did it come on yeah. right okay so i think it's boring you're danielle you what you're i feel old and i don't like it you're you feel old and you don't like it and then eureka you
1: are i was indifferent? indifferent and didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> I was, not so, intri- I was not intrigued at all. So, yeah. Right. So,
2: I guess between the three of us, we're not terribly concerned.
1: Right.
0: I'm
2: concerned long term about the societal issues around employment. But, you know, my, my husband, I asked him about this last night, and he was like, Oh, I've used it extensively. What? He's already used He's it. He's already used it. Like, he already has been engaging with it. My, my husband, Eureka, is a very adorable and fabulous nerd. I love him so much. And he runs a D&D group, and he said oh. for Dungeons and Dragons, he said, it, it's so helpful. It's concretely
1: helpful. I can see that.
2: Yeah, honestly, Eureka, I, I was that. not surprised. I, I, no. I'm not shocked by that. The people who made this might also have a relationship with Dungeons and Dragons. It's just a guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, a yeah, absolutely. yeah, 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 uh, absolutely. But he said he found it very helpful. Interestingly, my, my last question I asked it um, was I asked it, what's useful about you? Like, what's positive about you? And it gave me a pretty, I thought, boring answer. You know, I can solve long-term equations. I can gather evidence. I can gather information. That's fine. Then I asked, what's scary and problematic about you? And it listed all the ways society could absolutely be destroyed by itself. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, that wasn't, I'm going to say, extremely encouraging. To Me, right? That it is talks hilarious, about, right? It was like mass unemployment, um, spreading disinformation, like it listed everything wow. that I fear. Um, so it turns out even AI might not be that into AI, just a theory, right? right. I also can right. I say to you guys that I
0: watched um, an airplane movie on that red eye, uh, where in which my whole face was at two eyebrows. Um, and the movie I watched was something called Moonshot, and um. I'm not here to promote that movie, but I do want to say that there was, I'm not giving anything away, but it's like a rom-com set in 2049 or whatever. And uh, they they show a scene in like a diner or like coffee shop. And um, the main barista is a robot that's got all these like, you know, personality characteristics. Like it's able to have a conversation, a, a pretty like, you know, um, seamless conversation, like on a human ish level and then his assistant was a human and I thought to myself I can see that working like you do need to have a human in every situation but maybe that first human could be a robot (laughs) And then I did get a little bit more concerned about ChatGPT in that respect of like, ew. First of all, I want my baristas to always be people that I have chit chats with because that's what I, that's who I was as a barista, um, for my many years of barista ing, and I felt like that that component of it was so important, just like have a good chat. I love a good chat, and um, and then I th- and and it, but I also was just like, yeah, this is how it could happen. Like, it's not like the, it, it'll take every job away, but it could easily take half. Of the jobs away.
1: Yeah, I was also a barista in high school.
0: Okay. Oh, amazing! I thought you were so were chatty you, and were fun. Were you chatty and fun? I was uh, chatty.
1: I was. Okay. I was like fully like everything. I ever. I I worked a lot of like service jobs. Yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway.
2: Eureka! My real question is: Should Nagina and I see Terminator? Oh yeah. That's an yes. excellent question. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Give us a reason. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, if this ever happens, you'll know what to do.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> that's Just a like great that. answer. That's a yeah. great answer. <laughs> it's, right. Right. it's a roadmap. It's a roadmap. Yeah.
0: Folks, we're yeah. going to take a quick break and hear about our sponsors who are not the film Terminator that we have discussed <laughs> um, at length here without knowing anything about it. Two thirds of us. Um, so, and when we come back, we'll
3: keep talking. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this HeadGum podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get you know, solving a problem and you realize that Mm -hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a, a Professional to deal with it right off the bat. You can easily injure and or maim yourself as well Yeah, you don't want to do that. No, Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process you just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Thank you, Angie. Angie.com. Thank you.
0: We want to tell you about a podcast we think you're going to love. It's called See the Thing Is, and it's hosted by Grammy Award-winning R&B artist Bridget Kelly and media personality Mandy B. Every week, Bridget Kelly and Mandy B offer grown, honest, and slightly toxic perspectives on all things music, pop culture, and of course, dating and relationships, which is my fave. Do you have a hard time finding new music? Are you a millennial who misses what life was like in the 2000s? Are you interested in multiple perspectives on relationships? And dating. Are you interested in a non-male bashing podcast that holds both sexes accountable? See, the thing is, is a podcast that allows space for a wide range of thoughts and emotions. Most recently, the lady sat down with Big Frida and Chloe Bailey and just huge names. Van Lathan, who's one of my favorite people to listen to to chat about movies. So the conversations they're having are phenomenal. Join Bridget and Mandy every week as they update you on everything going on in the world with their polarizing hot takes. Subscribe to see The Thing Is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. So we read a piece in the Times called The Year Pops Men Dismantled Their Masculinity by Lindsay Zolads. And in it, she claims that in 2022, stars including Harry Styles, Jack Harlow and Bad Bunny operated liberated takes on gender. But it's unclear how earnest they were now. uh, okay, let me start with this question. We all know that that Harry Styles has comfortably worn a dress on the cover of vogue and elsewhere um you know he he the piece asserts um that quote now he's done this and, and bad bunny and for, for those of you who don't know any of these names these are the biggest recording artists this year in the last couple of years okay they're huge um i actually was walking by madison square garden When a Harry Styles concert was starting, like a bunch of people were going in to see the concert, it was like a wide range of ages, by the way. I was surprised and I thought it would skew so much younger, but it was a lot of people and their moms. Hmm. And everyone was wearing like the most, you know, fabulous, like there were boas, there was, you know, just glitter. Like everyone was using this concert as permission to wear exactly what they want and um and so it was just it was a sight to behold so that is the harry styles phenomenon um and the author writes quote it's difficult to imagine styles generational predecessor justin timberlake timberlake or even timberlake's successor justin bieber playing so fast and loose with gender roles um first i guess my question is is that true is 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 this new generation so much different than the pop stars that have come before
1: I don't know if it's, I don't know if they're that different. I think that they're actually the same in a sense that they are trying to cater to a current generation's opinions and styles and desires. So just like, you know, in the 90s, it was frosted tips and, you know, popped
0: collars. because yes, yes.
1: Because everyone wanted to look expensive because of the um, the the social push on like Abercrombie and Hollister fashion and things right. like that, that was like a style moment, right? And I think that now we're living in, in, in a time where the, the youth is much more queer or non-binary or accepting, you know, um, diverse. And we're living in a time where that's being super discussed and it's kind of how these kids are able to be rebellious. So it's honestly a rebellious movement of youth now more than ever, I think to be diverse and queer inclusive and things like that. So I think that, yeah, as a pop star, you're going to have to cater to that.
0: Right. So that's, I mean, so we'll get to the, the question of authenticity in a second, because I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on the, on catering versus authenticity. Um, but I also want to say, again, this is t- today. Today's episode is a journey of my movie watching from the last two weeks. Uh, but I, <laughs> I watched uh, none of it includes um, uh, Terminator, Terminator, but um, I watched Elvis. Okay, the the um, Boslerman Elvis movie, and obviously it's like a thing everyone should watch with their parents. And um, I watched with my parents, and I first of all. Another thing I have to admit to my to, to all of you, um, including that I don't think I've ever seen Terminator, um, th- the fact that I don't know is also weird. Like, do I know? I don't know really I know specifically <laughs> if I've seen it or not. I think I've just seen so many clips that I've gotten confused, you know? Right, that's fair. But anyways, I didn't really ever think about Elvis's career. So that's the other thing. I knew very little about it, just that he was the king or whatever. And that he was fat at one point and he was skinny at another point and that he was wore jumpsuit at one point and didn't wear a jumpsuit at another point. So those are the main things I knew. Okay, And um, so Elvis, to me, so by watching this movie, first of all. I didn't realize when he was discovered he was wearing like eyeliner and like lace shirts. I mean, this is according to this is my, it, by the way, 100% is Boslerman was he accurate? I have no idea. All my information is from this one movie. Wait, it's not a documentary. It's not a documentary, <laughs> but for all I, but what but I'm now an expert. Um <laughs> so he was wearing like lace shirts and like eyeliner and very gender bendy for the 50s. And I was like, "Oh, is there? There's also something that's kind of always been subversive about rock and roll, where mm-hmm. l- you know, I mean, you you can look at like, um, I don't know, Axl Rose or whatever in another light, and he also seemed gender bendy. Well, so yeah, I, 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 David I kind
1: Bowie, of Prince, I mean, yeah, so
0: Prince, way. exact Bowie. I mean, the whole glam rock Elton movement, Elton John. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. of these people. Like, I want to say Harry Styles." is only wearing what Elton John would have already
2: worn in the seven, right? I don't know. Part of me
0: thinks that. I hear
2: that because I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, there have been so many famous male uh, music groups who have been, you know, makeup forward or blitz forward who identified as straight. And also, let's be honest about it, who really sold a brand of public unapologetic misogyny? I mean, Kiss Kiss is a great example. We're covered in makeup, we're covered in rhinestones, and we hate women. Right, right. So so the, the the thing that feels distinct to me about these folks, um, a couple things. Yeah, you know, but the first thing is they they, as Eureka pointed out, you can't have that kind of as your ethos in this time. You can't get on stage and say I love makeup and I hate women, and and I, I'm glad those things are no longer you know you can you, you misogyny is not as popular on the stage. But I will also say, um, and Eureka, I was thinking about you a lot as we were as I was reading about this because you know I watch We're Here religiously. I think everyone who cares about this country should. And one of the things I I always feel when I'm watching you on that show is that. The stakes of you just being publicly in the world in those very conservative American settings, the stakes are so high. Frankly, I'm worried for your physical safety when I watch. The difference is for someone like Harry Styles or a Bad Bunny, you know, I think it's wonderful that they keep, they're not pushing misogyny and and there might even be some benefit to them playing with gender and all this stuff. But the stakes for them are really different, right? Yeah, that's when a really when they leave point. when they leave the stage, they don't have the concern of being physically, emotionally, and verbally attacked just for being them. So I guess I wish that they would acknowledge that a yeah, little bit the yeah, privilege yeah. that allows them to play. Um, But I am glad that we're no longer in an era where publicly hating women is popular on stage.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is a question for you. So you mentioned earlier, Eureka, about... Um, they're, they're catering to something that's popular because they kind of have to. So one of the things that Styles and Bad Bunny have been accused of is queer baiting um, or cultivating a faux mystique around uh, one sexuality to appeal to an LGBTQ fan base, um, as the article writes. Where do you come down on whether or not this is queer baiting?
1: Um. I mean, it's an interesting question because I have, two, I mean, I have, I see both sides of things. I'm just an over analytical person. So I always see like pros and cons. For me, it's one, you know, we talk about rock and roll and rock and roll's always been about what's the most rebellious things happening yeah. in our country and how can we display that the most. Um, and with some pop stars too, which I kind of feel like Madonna's always been like more of a rock star than a pop star. So mm. I can kind of cater her to that. Um, I do think that there's a little bit of queer baiting, just because, you know, socially um, the queer existence has become popular and a conversation topic. Um, The same thing with like inclusion of um, racial um, diversity and so many things to that factor as well. So I think that there's definitely been a push in media and with artists and TV and film and the representation has changed because of that um, need socially. Um, And I just think that, you know, I don't really see it for Harry Styles as much just because he's English, not to like, you know, say, oh, well, he's English so he can get away with anything. (laughs) English, you know, English people are naturally more sexually diverse. Most people in Europe are, most countries in Europe, you know, especially in that area like the UK and things like that. You know, they've been more socially forward and accepting when it comes to like gender, uh, gender expression and sexuality, things like that. So I kind of see it for Harry Styles maybe more than Bad Bunny, but I do feel that it's it's necessary because I think at least people are being seen presenting in a different manner, you know, not as like over-exaggerated as like Kiss to almost make it a joke. It's not a joke, which is really right. nice. It's more of a fashion forward statement, which I love because things like Vogue and things like that are, you know, displaying it and making it relevant, but also fashion forward which brings us into more of an accepting realm of it. Um, But, you know, I do think that sometimes it does discredit people that are non-binary or people that are trans or people that are fighting for Mm -hmm. their ability to express themselves naturally for who they are in their existence. Yes. And their identity. Um, And I think that that can be an issue sometimes because I do feel like if, if you're going to do it, then come out publicly more verbally as... An ally, personally, you know, I think that I think Harry has done okay with it, but I feel like neither of them have really, you know, pushed campaigning for um, diversity and inclusion for queer people and and people of non-binary existence or trans existence or expression in that manner. Like, you know, be more verbally accepting or like a representation of that. If you're going to take from that community, which I feel like, you know, dra- you know, if you're representing gender expression then that's a huge issue for that community so you know maybe be vocally positive towards it I don't
2: know I agree with that I think that makes so much sense you know if you're gonna in some way benefit from this and make it part of your brand walk the walk don't just talk the talk. Like, not only should you be verbalizing all the stuff Eureka just said, but also you should be at the front of those campaigns. I mean, it isn't like yeah. trans rights are not a politi- is not a political issue right now. It's a massive political issue. So if you're going to be in some way playing with uh, gender fluidity on stage, it seems to me you should also be making statements about these horrible bills that are trying to be passed that are anti-trans, right? It should be both. And now one thing I, I will say to credit Bad Bunny um, and
0: every time I f- say his name, I just feel like I sound ridiculous. Um, <laughs> do a little,
1: but we I, all
2: do I do it. right. Like it doesn't sound right coming out of my Wait, mouth. Eureka, can you is- say it? I feel like if Eureka says it, it'll make sense. Eureka? Bad bunny. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I need to put a little bit more. There it is. Some so you got it for A somehow. little
1: Jessica rabbit. A little. Oh, stif- uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I need to, like, a little bad bunny. Like a little. Yes, um, there but uh, I'm now I'm blushing. I, um, <laughs> But I will credit him a little bit. Not, you no. know, I, I don't know specifically how he's been an ally um, to the L- LGBTQ plus community, but he has been more, he's used his platform more for Puerto Rico in a way that I think a lot, again, like, you know, a, a lot of pop stars don't um he also is really public against climate change stuff like he's a real exactly so he's been more kind of more generally political and I think that's really admirable and I'm more likely to listen to like that's the those are the kind of jams that I will dance to um just on as a side note um even though I sound ridiculous saying bad bunny um -hmm. I am more likely to dance to that man's uh work fair enough oeuvre
1: You know, the one thing I wanted to say is I, cause I, what I said about Harry Styles and Bad Bunny was like, you know, at least represent the queer community more take from it. But at the same time, you know, as a trans person, but also as a person that has always liked to and enjoyed expressing myself with the gender blur, I can appreciate someone who wants to do that. But a lot of the political things that are happening in our country like in florida and in texas and in tennessee those laws that are specifically targeting gender expression which is how they are using drag and gender expression as a way to i feel like um cover up their discrimination against trans people that includes anyone that is going to wear the opposite gender of clothing so, you know, even if you're not going to say, oh, I specifically support the LGBTQ community for whatever reason, at least understand that those are also rights that are being taken away from people like Harry Styles to wear women's clothing in a public setting.
0: Correct. That is such an important, important Keep that stage. in mind, folks. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. That's really, really important. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, all right. Well, let us uh, move on. And before we get into topic number three, I just want to remind the people out there that I have a show at Joe's Pub, um, and it's on January nineteenth, twentieth, twenty first in New York City. If you are in town, um, I will be headlining at Joe's Pub January nineteenth, the twentieth, and the twenty first. Please buy your tickets. It is the case for American exceptionalism by Lady Muzz. It is the hour that I've been working on um, this last year. If you saw me at Joe's Pub um, before, it's it's going to be there. It's going to be a version of that show. But hopefully you haven't seen me. Just come and see um, that show, and you'll have a fantastic time. Um, and I will not be saying things like "Bad Bunny" on stage unless I somehow write a joke between now and then that in- involves him. It's very you need it's to highly doubtful. <laughs> I know. Now I have to. Now it's just the I'm changing
2: the name of my show to "Bad Bunny," and it will ah. be followed by a screening of "Terminator." And it was Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a two show. for one
1: That's
2: ticket. Incredible. It yeah. is such a brilliant show, Eureka. I, I, um, I, will, be I, I will be in the audience. I cannot wait.
0: Yeah, we'll be in the audience. So come to see me at Joe's Pub January 19th, 20th, and 21st. Tickets are now available. I will be so excited to have you there. Now let's get into topic number three. So um, we're going to dip into the cultural grab bag. There is a new study, and they took 82 heterosexual women. Um, and they were asked to smell dirty T-shirts of 46 single men and 45 coupled men. And they found that single men's B.O. was rated as smelling stronger than the B.O. of partnered men. They also found that singles men, single men's faces were rated more masculine than partnered men, um, but only among partnered women. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that means. Um, but, okay. So, just first, what are your general thoughts on this ridiculous um, study?
2: Well... You know, this study was from the New York Post.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think they conducted it. No, but they right. The, but so they published it right. So it was
2: very. And I have to just say right there, for me, strike one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't really trust the New York Post as my uh, yeah. center place for nuanced oh, you don't, thinking. You don't,
0: you don't go to the New York Post for all of your
2: science coverage. Believe it, I believe it or not, Nagin. And maybe I should, but <laughs> but I, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um. You know, th- it's so funny to have this topic following what we just talked about, right? Because. This is such a binary study. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> this study, I mean, I was going to say, like, like off, the, off the top, it's, I, like, so different Off from the, the top, right? It's like, you know, there are only two sexes, not true. There are only, like, men and women who are born that way, not true. So the study itself has some flawed yeah. thinking. Um, you know, whether or not men smell worse if they're single or married, I honestly have no idea. Maybe this is true. What I will say with absolute certainty is that my husband smells great. <laughs> um, he smells divine and when he thinks he smells his worst his most sweaty that is when I'm most excited by his smell mm-hmm. so you know I do acknowledge and feel that like a really exciting Danielle, sexy you're a dirty girl thank you so much Nagin yes um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but like I do think smell matters a lot in attraction and actually I knew of a marriage um, in my community growing up that broke apart in part because they didn't like the way each other smelled Wow. Um, It really does matter. So I I do think that's a centrally important thing. Do I actually believe, having read this, that a guy not being single um, makes him smell slightly better? I don't know. It seems dubious. What I do believe, because this is another stat I was thinking about reading this, is that when women get married, our chances of dying violently increase. and when men get married, their chances of dying violently decrease. So whether or not men smell better or worse, really consider before you marry them. It could be dangerous Aha. <laughs> That's my oh. that's my thought. Oh,
0: Eureka, what did you think of this study?
1: um I think it's insane, but <laughs> um, you know my mind goes I again I'm an, I'm a hyper analytical person and I try to find like I'm always like, my mind goes to science, okay, in this situation. Scientifically, it in my mind, it makes sense that men would have a higher testosterone level if they're single, because they're probably more sexually active in a different way. And they're probably releasing pheromones and things like that in a different manner than someone who's comfortably not as stressed, like partnered, you know what I mean? Probably not as like actively sexually active as far as like searching it out or this i mean who knows but so in my mind the science of it makes sense and then also i know how powerful and um and influential women can be on their husbands so it also makes sense that men would take care of themselves in a different manner being partner versus singled as well
0: right i mean the the, also the accountability of just showers you know like oh, right. being around another human being where you're like ah you know what i mean i, I better and do it's a it routine like I, you there's create like one of the
1: other th- probably
0: yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and 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 again, and the article does note, um quote, we know from previous research that higher testosterone, as you mentioned, Eureka is linked to stronger body odor. So their mm-hmm. thinking is that of this one study that hasn't been replicated, um single men might you know because they have they might have higher levels of testosterone because they're out on the prowl, you know, they're trying to get partnered up, but also on an evolutionary scale, the interesting thing is that a woman would sort of subconsciously recognize the smell
2: and be like, they're not partnered. I could...
0: Partner with them.
2: Yeah, I mean potentially that there is a kind of pheromone dance going on below our awareness level. That's that's absolutely possible. But I would say, you know, if you are partnering with a man as a woman, and you really need to be on top of his showering routine, maybe you shouldn't partner with him. Right. (laughs) Well, maybe he should be in charge of that. Just a thought. Okay, but can I
0: also point out something that was very that I did did not know was a thing when I was reading this piece? um, They pointed out to I a, a guess some a trend, I don't know if we could even call this a trend, but earlier this year, single ladies were opting to quote VAB instead of dousing themselves in perfume when hitting the town. Okay. So this is what the article said. And I clicked on what is VAB and VABbing is when you take a little of your like vaginal area and then just dab it on your neck. Because they think that's a stronger way of like getting a man. Did you hear about this? And is it just or is the New York Post just linking to something that wasn't actually a trend to drive me crazy? Eureka, I feel like as a young person, I want to ask you this I know. This do, I mean, you, you seem like you would be speechless. in on the trends.
1: <laughs> I don't speechless. even know what to say to that. Do,
0: right? <laughs> right? And I was a like, bab- did I even experience
2: 2022 or not at all, actually? Well, I, listen, I think, first of all, I don't know if vamping exists as a phenomenon or not. It might not be happening in the arena's where we are three of us normally are. I don't know. like maybe if you're like on a, a really active dating scene, everyone's vabbing or something. I have no idea as a you know, as a married person, I have no idea. But what I will say is in a weird, dark way, I love it. And <laughs> here's. And, and uh, here's 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 why I love it, okay? Because what are the traditional patriarchal societal yeah. associations with the smells of the vagina? It smells like tuna fish. It's disgusting. Right? You know, right. it's uh, you don't want to get near it. How many sexist jokes have we all heard in this room about you know she smells basically like pussy and pussy smells bad? That that's the overall kind of thought. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of a woman saying to herself, "My vagina is so potent." It's so love. beautiful <laughs> and beguiling in its odor that the world needs to experience it via my neck. I, I feel like there's some feminist healing in that action. No? Oh my potent, god!
1: It's the word potent for me. Thank that you. Is great. <laughs> I, I have. I am potently vabbing.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Me. I can't. I, first of all. Andrew, our producer, have you heard of vabbing? I have
2: not, no. Okay. There's a
0: fourth person in the room that can t- 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 Okay, so f- whether or not this is actually a thing we don't know. Fake the Nation is not taking a stance on that. <laughs> well, I will say Danielle, that like, you know knowing you, your response to vabbing as being a positive phenomenon um, is not surprising. Okay. I uh, But I just want to say, it's like the ancients loved the smell of roses turned it into a water that they could then douse themselves with correct um my ancient people rosewater big deal in iran and not i'm not bragging here it's just like it's from centuries and uh and i just feel like we all know things that smell like kind of objectively nice <laughs> And, and I just want to say, if you want to continue to like look to flowers for
2: a thing that smells objectively nice as a mating call, I support you. And I want to say, just drench every object you own in your vaginal fluid. Okay, and that's and that's. I mean, I think
1: so. I think <laughs> you know, I, I'm. I mean, I hear Danielle's reasoning behind this, and I agree with it 100. I also want to side note that fish has become a word that is like go people are kind of fighting against it in the queer community because especially drag queens and gay men loved it like they like to say oh I feel fish I feel fishy and it, the term is in is right. in our community endearing meaning that you look hyper feminine but it's based off that same constructual idea that vagina smells like fish right right so I also agree with Danielle when I say I love the idea of women empowering like their smell and their their I like to call them a puswacha.
2: Oh yes. Um, nice.
1: So you know, if I just want to see the I mean, I hate to be that girl, but I want to be the person that sees a video of someone truly like wiping their vagina and dabbing it on their neck because I want true proof. I want to see it I mean I,
0: the, According to New York Post, you should be able to open your TikTok
2: and find that. I mean, I, I can't imagine I that. Mean, and Eureka, if you can't, and I really mean this, email me. I, mean, <laughs> you know, I can make that happen for you.
1: She said, girl, I will have a video ASAP.
2: That's right. <laughs> Just for you though, only for you. I love
1: well, I'm sharing it on my TikTok.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'll accept it.
1: Okay, deal.
0: <sighs> All right, folks. It is the end of the show. Ah, oh, I knew you were the panel that we needed to start the year. Thank you so much. Um, I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful works that you do.
2: Danielle, where do they do that? If you can follow me at um on Instagram, where I'm at D Dirch, D-D-U-R-C-H, and also all my new work is always on my website, Danielle Um
0: and don't forget, on January 18th, you can see her new uh, short film at the Jewish Film Festival in New York on, again, January 18th. I'm going to be there. Woo! So if you come, say hi. Uh, well, I'll be in the audience enjoying the shit out of myself. <laughs> and uh, that sounded weird anyways. Um, please come. But please come. Uh, Eureka, where do they find you? Um,
1: you know, you can find me held up in my palace, I call Eureka's castle over here. <laughs> um <laughs> out as much as possible, but right now I'm doing a residency through the end of February at the Flamingo in Las Vegas.
2: Ooh, um, yes. Drag Race
1: Live. It's so good. But please, if you can, check out, um, of course, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I was on season nine, ten, all-star six. And um, more importantly, currently, um, the conversations that are being had on We're Here on HBO are so important. So please, if you can get any heteronormative or parents or people that need this education, get them a link or a login or something and have them watch at least one episode. And I feel like they will want to see more. Um, that's we're here on HBO seasons one, two, and three. And then you can just catch me at Eureka O'Hara. Eureka like the vacuum cleaner. O'Hara like Scarlet, honey. Cause she's gone with the wind, fabulous and that's on all social media platforms. Also, um, Mama, what's your Instagram handle? I've got Danielle's.
0: Oh, I'm at Nagin Farsad. You know all of the thing, my things. Um, I'm on all of the whatevers. Don't forget to catch me at Joe's Pub on January 19th, 20th, and 21st.
2: Um, Nagin, yes. even though it's a little um, irregular, can I make a plug for we're here quickly? Oh, yes. I just want to say it's this show really matters to me and i think it matters to this country it is one of the most i think um important shows right now about american politics american tribalism and how to heal across those divides i really feel like that show um will make you sad for the confusions of america but really optimistic for its potential for healing and compassion um it's a singular experience watching that show, bring a tissue. I really think it matters politically and to the audience of this podcast who care about current events, who care about this country, there isn't a show that's a better fit.
0: I mean you violated the rules and that you were supposed to plug only your own work. <laughs> I apologize um, but but that was such a moving um, plug that I will allow it and I, I and I heartily agree um, I, I love anything that all, that reminds Americans that we should be living together um, <laughs> harmoniously and and, 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 and and with deep exception and affection um, and uh, yes so folks. I want to thank everyone that makes this show possible. Our wonderful producer here is Andrew McGuire. Our fantastic audio engineer is Stephanie Aguilar. Thank you to everyone at HeadGum that makes the show a possibility. In fact, we're here today at the wonderful HeadGum Studios in New York City. We're so lucky to be able to be here. Um, I want to invite any of you to email me. Um, you can email me at my website, nighinefarsal.com. Uh, ideas about the show, Um panelists segments whatever you know like hit hit me up we love to hear from you and um what is the other thing i always ask for oh don't forget to rate and review the show on apple podcasts um because it really helps people find the show so don't forget to rate and review um and we didn't do it this week because i'm a forgetful mess this week but next week we're gonna go back to um sharing some of those reviews uh with all of you and you can join the Patreon at patreoncom slash Farsad, where you get free um, bonus episodes of the show um, for as little as four dollars a month. And uh, that's it. We will be back in your earballs next week.
3: That was a Headgum podcast.